Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time for WEEI Late Night with your Friday night host, the Hacksaw, Jim Hackett. Friday night with the Hacksaw is brought to you by Atlantic Power Cleaning. 30 and still getting dirty. AtlanticPowerCleaning.com and by Gould's Distinctive Clothing in Acton. You too can look as sharp as Rob Bradford. Gould'sClothing.com. Now, here's Jim Hackett. All right, welcome back. Sports Radio, WEEI. It's hour number two of Late Night Friday Night with Jim Hackett. Thanks for joining us. Had a lot of calls in hour one, and guess what we're talking about? Yeah, you got it. Pats, Bills, Thursday night. Patriots, just apathetic. Pathetic and apathetic performance on Thursday night. And I'm pinning it on the man who said he was the guy where it all falls on him, and that is one, Bill Belichick. And my article on WEEI.com cites it. Talks all about it. Uh, there's plenty of fodder there for you. It's Patriots have a problem, and it's spelled B-I-L-L. And I just, you know, look at all credit to for everything that he's given this region. It created a juggernaut of a football region, he and Brady and Kraft, and they put it all together. But got to be honest, guys, I lay the cards on the table. It ain't good the last four years. And you know, my simple question I wrote in the article, I've been talking about it throughout the first hour, we'll do it here, is... You know, how many good decisions has Bill Belichick made since Super Bowl 53? And it's not a lot, guys. <laughs> it's not a lot. But again, business as usual. Every press conference, pregame, postgame, Mondays with us, it's the same thing over and over and over again. Same mistakes on the field over and over again. How many offsides and holdings? I mean, how many holdings does the offensive line have? That offensive line, you've had callers call up a lot. Mike and Newton comes to mind. There are others that call up. You guys call up. The offensive line is in shambles. I wonder why. Could it be that the guy charged with coaching the offensive line is also calling the plays, things of which he's not qualified for? Is Belichick too spread out? Is he spread too thin? Because he knows he's got a rookie offensive play caller who has no acumen on that side of the ball. He knows that his offensive line has not played well. It's been suffering with all sorts of I want to call them injuries. I mean, David Andrews is a huge one. He's the heart and soul of that line. But, like, what's going on with Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn? I have trouble pinning that on any injuries. That seems mental to me. That seems attitudinal to me. Um, so all sorts of issues on the line. Could it be that Bill Belichick has his beak in too many things at 70 years old? You know he's involved on defense. You know his offensive coordinator has never done it before. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. He doesn't have an offensive coordinator. It's an offensive play caller. How dare I? Because that, that, would, that would give Matt Patricia a pay raise, and we don't want that. Even though coaches and personnel types, there's no cap for, Belichick still 
Shops at the bargain basement for that. Joe Judge is being paid by the Giants. Matt Patricia is being paid by the Lions, and he's calling your plays on offense. What are we doing? What are we doing? How many good decisions has Bill Belichick made since their last Super Bowl victory? Let's let's look at some of the things with the draft, okay? We've talked about not extending Brady after an MVP season, 505 yards, three touchdowns, no picks in a Super Bowl, which, you know, the defense couldn't stop anyone. Oh, by the way, who was the defensive coordinator on that defense? The artist, the, the creator of Ben Don't Break, that's Matt Patricia, okay? So, you know, I could go all day with him. Not having succession plans for Brady. We talked about that. They had it, Garoppolo in 14. Brady outplayed him, outplayed everybody, replaced himself. But you didn't do anything after that. How about another one? This one's been grabbing my goat for a long time. How about Gronk? He was drafted in 2009. He had had back surgery in college. Physically, the guy's the size of an oak tree. And if I'm a defender, if I'm a safety, a hard-hitting safety or a cornerback, and i I got to get Gronk down the field, where am I going to hit him? How about his knees? He was a walking billboard for injuries. No succession plan. Gronk gave you 10 great years here. You know, the best, best tight end I've ever seen in my lifetime. I think he's the best one to ever play it. He could do everything. But he was always a risk for injury. If you were watching closely, he was always a risk for injury. And he had some. He had some. You know, he had the one when he was on the uh, on special teams, on, on the uh, extra point. Remember, he broke his forearm there. But his his the way his body was built, he was so massive, in, but like, you know, in so long, his knees were just a target. So to have a guy that you draft to the back injury in college, that's the reason he fell into the second round. Again, Belichick, value. That was great value, by the way. You can't get better value than that, so I'm not throwing shade on it. But I'm just saying it all equals up. Business as usual. But where was the succession plan for Rob Gronkowski? Where was the sec- succession plan for Gronk? Are you kidding me? They had nobody. Jacob Hollister, you know, uh, Izzo, Ryan Izzo. Come on. Seventh round picks, undrafted free agents for the position that you basically defined in modern football with Gronkowski. No succession plan there. How about coaches letting a guy like Brian Flores go? You know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. We talked about it on Thanksgiving when Dondero and I were in here. When Patricia was at the helm as defensive coordinator, what was the big phrase, Andrew? Ben, don't break, right? Ben, don't yeah. break. And then in Super Bowl 52, what'd they do? They bent and they broke pretty bad. They put up <laughs> 52 points, right? But do you remember what happened the next year when Patricia, he fooled somebody in the interview process, like he's fooled Belichick all these years, I guess. And the Lions hired him away. And Brian Flores took over. And do you remember the metamorphosis of that defense? They went from Ben don't break to aggressive. Aggressive. They were like hornets. They really were. That 2018 defense was spectacular. I'm not talking about the uh, with the boogeymen in 19 that faded. The 18, the Super Bowl team, the sixth Super Bowl winning team, the Super Bowl 53 championship team, that defense was aggressive. And that was, a, that was Brian Flores. So if I'm Bill Belichick, and I've seen how similar personnel played under Matt Patricia's scheme, and by the way, they won Super Bowls with him there too. So, you know, stick tap for that. But it was different. It was different. They kind of got it when they needed it with Patricia. Kind of the way I think the offense is supposed to work, but isn't. But with Flores, they were just downright aggressive. And that defense was tough to stop. They had it all. They had Gilmore in the back and they had 
you know, uh, Hightower and Jamie Collins and all those guys putting a lot of pressure on, you know, when, when all those guys were still probably on the end of their prime, but just getting the most out of them, well-timed blitzes. Flores really had a knack for that, and he did it in Miami. How do you let a guy like that go? I'll tell you how. You don't give him the title he deserves, so he doesn't feel valued. And you know Belichick's not paying him. So my question's again, think about this, guys. How many good decisions are there? Letting a guy like Flores go and not getting him back when you had the opportunity? A mistake. Appointing Matt Patricia and Joe Judge into roles, critical roles, in a critical time, in a critical year for Mac Jones? Not good. How about the drafts? You know, how about the drafts? Let's start with 2019. I think you can put the entire 2019 draft in in, in the bad list, okay? Let's look at the 2019 draft. Nikhil Harry, Jawan Williams, Chase Winovich, Yodney Kajust. Hey, there's one that's stuck, but I mean, you know, I I think we can all safely put Yodney Kajust in the not-so-good bucket right now. Ajalte Froholt, Jared Stidham, Byron Cowart, and Ken, we hardly knew you, Webster. I mean, you know. Seriously, guys. The two guys that you did take out of that draft were Damian Harris. Good pick. You know, it's a third-round pick. In this day and age, if you're not a pass-catching, versatile running back, do you need to get taken in the third round? Not so sure, you know. Ramondre Stevenson was a third-round back. He's definitely a little bit more versatile than Damian Harris, so that kind of that answers that one for me. But I like Harris. I'm, I'm not throwing any shade on Harris. The other guy you got in that draft that was useful was Jake Bailey, a punter. A uh, punter. Now, Bailey was a good one. He helped you a little bit. Really fell off um, recently and uh, now is injured. And I don't know where the hell he is. But, you know, again, not great. 2020. 2020, you've got two players in the good list. Kyle Duggar. I like him. I think Kyle Duggar is, if not all pro caliber, he's definitely got Pro ball, pro ball chops, you know, and I think if they can get some talent around him, I'm not saying in the secondary, and the you know more on the defense, more playmakers, he's only going to get better. But he he's a player. I, you, you got a good one there, Josh Uche. Yeah, I'll take a risk. I'm taking the risk here. I'll put him in the good bucket. Um, he hasn't been really good to date, other than Thursday night. You know, we've seen him a little bit flashes, but he looks like he can play, and he looks like he can play in a Bill Belichick defensive scheme, which even though I'm crushing Belichick for all the problems he's caused the last four years and beyond, you got to give him credit where credit's due. Guy's a defensive genius. So, you know, Uche looks like he can play. The other guy's on Wenu. Okay, wenu has been good. He's an offensive lineman. You got him in the fifth round. Good job. Here are the other guys in that draft. Put him in the bad bucket. Devin Asiasi. Dalton Keene. And then they re-signed that guy for another four years, by the way, after this. Dalton Keene. Justin Rohrwasser, remember him? The kicker in the fifth round? Yeah, that was great. That was a great pick. Is that the one that had the three percenters tattoo? Yeah. Oh, yep. Boy. He had, like, the Sons of Liberty. Not, not the original ones from 1776 yeah. that threw the T in the harbor. The Sons of Liberty that, like, you know, wanted to tear the Capitol building around. Yeah, that, that guy. Um, <laughs> that was a great pick. Fifth round pick. I remember listening to Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. I'm like... And I, I, I was, like, listening and kind of had an eye on ESPN and NFL Network, whatever it was. I'm like, they just took a kicker in the fifth round. And, like, I, I, could, I could actually feel Fitzy's, like, anguish on air. <laughs> it was great. So, anyway, that was, a, that was a winner. Another winner in the bad bucket. Justin Haran, Cash Mailua, 
Dustin Wood. I don't even know who that is. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, and like we could talk about these the, the drafts all, the, all you know all day long. I mean, they've been crap for a long time. And by the way, once you get into like 2020, they start getting better. I mean, Duggar, Uche, Onweno. By the way, Uche, I mean, he's really in the questionable bucket. Anthony Jennings is in that list too. I mean, would you call him a good pick? I don't know. Use. Yeah, I mean, Uche has definitely come along the last he's couple come of along. games. I he's know come last on. year, yeah. I don't want to say he was necessarily in the doghouse, but you didn't really see a whole lot from him in 21. But the last couple of games, especially last night, he was getting after Allen a couple of times. Look, he got, think, he, was he on that fumble? Yeah, yeah. He, he, got, uh, he got Josh Allen down, first of all. Mm-hmm. That uh, that shows me something. That guy, what's Allen? 6'5", 247? I believe so. He, he's a horse, and he's tough to get down. I mean, we, we watched for years here. The Patriots uh, put pressure on a guy like Roethlisberger. They could never get him down. And guys like that are scary because when you can't get him down, they get a little bit elusive. And, by the way, teams like that that have great receiver talent, broken plays cause problems. They don't cause problems for the offense. Broken plays cause problems for your defense if you can't keep up with that talent. You know, you give Josh Allen, like, a little room to wiggle – and get him out there. You don't think he's going to find Steph Diggs or Gabe Davis? He did last night. He's done it to you a million times. He'll do it again. But uh, Uche, I'll put him in the good bucket just for that. He got him down. He got him down. It was a good hit, too. So, you know, I'll give, I'll give you that. Um, you know, moving forward into 21. 21's pretty good. You know what I mean? You get Mac, obviously. Um, which, look, first-round draft capital. You were desperate for a quarterback after the Cam Newton year. Desperate for the quarterback. And, you know, it, he fell to you. You played the board right. I'll give you credit for that. Now, what you've done since then in terms of the lack of support, who does this guy talk to? Have you ever heard? I've, I've played. If you listen to the show on Friday nights, I've played Matt Patricia talking. I'm actually, Andrew, I don't want you to find it for me at the break because I, I can't listen to it anymore. But, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're coming off the field and you need to talk to someone and your options are Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, from what I've heard, I don't want those guys anywhere near my ears. Okay? So, convoluted communication, confusion, with play calling, lack of innovation, lack of rhythm, all of it. Mac's frustrated. So, again, in the good bucket is the draft of Mac Jones, but how have you protected that asset? I would say to date, what they have surrounded Mac Jones with is akin to what the Indianapolis Colts didn't do with Andrew Luck. What they did with Andrew Luck was they put him out there basically naked and let him get crushed for five or six years. The guy ends up retiring early, and good for him, before his head... Wouldn't, or his body wouldn't be able to function for the rest of his life. They never, ever invested in an offensive lineman for that guy. Now, the Patriots have an offensive line that's in shambles. They have a quarterback's coach who's never done it with no pedigree to do it, and they've got an offensive wait-for-it play caller that doesn't know what he's doing. So what was once in the good bucket might get thrown in the trash. I hope not. I like Mac. I want it to work. I'm not sold 100%, but I am sold that I've seen enough that you can try to build with him. You can try. But, boy, are they retarding his progress. Next in that draft in 2021 in the good bucket. I guess you could put Christian Barmore there because we've seen a little that we like. But he's not playing now. You know what I mean? So, again, I'm being kind in putting him in the good bucket. Ramondre, definitely in the good bucket. Ramondre Stevenson might be since 2019 might be the best player that they've picked up. He really might be. You know, Judon and free agency, probably. But Ramondre, in terms of drafting, nurturing, bringing up, he might be the best one. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to trend, take a break. And again, this is not the time for business as usual. 
But if you haven't seen the article, check out WEI.com. The Patriots have a problem, and it's spelled B-I-L-L. We want your calls at 617-779-7937. Weigh in. Tell me. Give me a good decision that Bill made. Quick trend and a break. Back after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, more of Friday Night with the Hacksaw. Jim Hackett on WEEI. All right, welcome back. Sports Radio, WEI. You're listening to Late Night Friday Night with Jim Hackett. And uh, it's been all Belichick talk so far. First hour, uh, lots of thoughts from, from you guys calling in. Just, And I think I'm feeling the pulse pretty well here, Andrew, which is, you know, people are frustrated with Bill Belichick. And I, you know, I wrote about it today. I got inspired last night after that game to go on WEI.com you know, and uh, write a little bit like this. The Patriots have a problem. It's spelled B-I-L-L. I never thought I'd say it. But look at, you know, when you're around as long as Bill, 50 years, over 20 in New England, everything falls on him. He said it. And I cited it at the top of the article. Kraft wants to win a playoff game. It's been a few years. It ain't going to happen this year. Belichick says it falls on me. Well, that's what we're talking about tonight. Calls are lining up. Let's, uh, let's roll with it. Look, let's take Mark and Pembroke, Andrew, first. He has some thoughts on Belichick. What's going on, Jim? How you doing? Good. Good evening. Good to hear you. Thanks for calling, Mark. Good. Appreciate it. Yeah, first time call on my way to work. I work for the T. Um, on my way for... Um, Listen, uh, um, I'm calling. I'm a huge University of Georgia fan, but this, uh, as far as Belichick, though, this is a fireball offense. What he did, he drafted Sony Michelle yep. and Isaiah Wynn yep. over over Nick Chubb and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you, you okay, just, uh, just took the words out of okay, my mouth. I'm hang Mark. up and yeah, yep, yeah. So look, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like Mark from Pembroke just crawled into my head and he pulled that out. Yeah, exactly right. Anyone, look, I'm not going to claim to be uh, a big you know, college football watcher. But I am a fantasy football enthusiast, and when you, when you do that, you, you know, come draft season, if you play in like dynasty leagues, you, you do your research. And it was very clear to me, and I think everyone, that Nick Chubb was the guy. He was the best running back in that class. Uh, he was available. But you had, you had two shots. <laughs> we just talked about, like the Patriots had no succession plan for Brady at the appropriate time. They had it too early when he was 37 with Garoppolo. But when he was 40, 41, 42, no succession plan. And there you were. You had two first-round picks, and you passed on Lamar Jackson twice. And then the one time you took a running back, you took the wrong guy. Sony Michelle. Fail. And let's talk about Isaiah Wynn a little bit. Isaiah Wynn. So Mark and Pembroke's a Georgia guy. So Sony Michelle, less than Nick Chubb. They take Michelle. Isaiah wins the guy who went 
first, I think. They they took they took uh, Isaiah Wynn, then they took Sony, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. Yeah, and but Wynn, I mean, what is up with this guy? Is he so fragile that a move from left tackle to right tackle is he pouting? Can he not get his feet set? Is the loss of Dante Scarnecchia as Herculean in size and scope as I think it might be? Is Matt Patricia that bad? You know, uh, you got the other guy up in the booth. He was a f- uh, former Patriots. He's the assistant offensive line coach. We can pick it up at the break. His name's escaping me. He's helping out too. But look, their line is in trouble. You know, Trent Brown. I mean, it, it, always something with him too. This team has a lot of work that needs to be done to it. And do you trust Bill Belichick based on the recent history in the draft, in free agency? In terms of the approach to the team build, to the supporting cast he has deployed, lieutenants of his not really in the right positions to help the guys that need the help, i.e. Mac Jones. This team has a lot of holes, man. And I'm, I'm concerned that not only can you fill them, but can you coach them, can you teach them, can you keep them, can you retain them, can you get the best out of them? These are things that I never used to worry about with a Belichick coach team because, A, he had a full staff. He had the right guys seemingly in the right places. I mean, you know, Josh McDaniels was an offensive coordinator through and through, and that's the job he had. It is a far cry from that. There's a couple guys on that staff that I think could be something. You know, Gerard Mayo comes to mind. Troy Brown comes to mind working with the receivers, although, you know, the receivers are so out of sync. I don't think I don't put Yates. that on him. Billy Yates, thank you. Yeah, he's a former Patriots, you know, kind of a journeyman, uh, versatile offensive lineman from a few years back. He's the, uh, the, uh, the assistant offensive line coach. But, you know, I, I wonder, you know, how qualified is Billy Yates? Um, how much is Matt Patricia allowing Billy Yates to voice his opinion? Um, how on the same page are they? These are all reasonable questions because – Belichick has put us in a position where we're analyzing fish out of water. You know, we're analyzing fish out of water. People forget when Joe Judge took the job with the Giants. Do you remember what his job was, Andrew, here? Do you remember what he was before he took the Giants job? Special teams. Special teams. Which is what I thought he would have gone back to, given Cam McCord's performance. But, uh, no, quarterback's coach. Yeah, when they were when they actually brought in Joe Judge, I actually said, you know, he would help with special teams because last year in 2021, they had a lot of fails with Cam McCord. You remember Cam McCord was a name that nobody knew until they had to know it, right? Until they were getting uh, returns on them and there were big problems that they had on, and, and key penalties and stuff. So they got Joe Judge back. I'm like, okay, well, maybe they can pop him back in special teams. And suddenly he's an offensive assistant and quarterbacks coach. Now, I think he played college ball as a quarterback so there might be something there yeah that's the one thing i when comparing the two guys to who are assigned to the offense i said to myself well at least judges played the position yeah but in college i mean i'm not gonna chalk that up too high over patricia's qualification 100 percent. and the other thing about judge that kind of scares me is like think about it think of the timeline he's the special teams coach for the patriots the Giants were in shambles when, when he took that job. He comes in, he was an underdog candidate, and he gets the job. Usually, for an organization like the Giants, you're usually going to have minimally some head coach experience. I should say, you're probably going to have some head coach experience and minimally some offensive or defensive coordinator experience. I mean, the Giants are a, a well-run organization and have been for a really long time. So Judge comes out of nowhere, and he gets the job. 
And that just got me thinking, do some people just really interview well? You know, that struck me at the time as, as an empty suit, you know, kind of fooling somebody. And then the record, and I'm not looking back at this, you know, at the, I remember at the time thinking this, and then the record's the record, right? It shows it. So some people are better lieutenants. Some people are better in certain areas. And, you know, Joe Judge might interview really well. He might communicate an interview really well with Belichick. Oh, I could get this guy on offense. He was a quarterback. He can do it. I got Matty P here. We're all good. You're not all good. You're not all good. Look at Mac Jones. Did you see that out, that outburst last night? We were talking about it in the first hour. You saw it. Yeah, I was proud of him. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it cycled all over Twitter. Um, great stuff. You know, he's, he's backed up the bus a little bit. He's backtracked a little bit while I was trying to motivate my team. No, you weren't. You were pissed off. You were pissed off. You are pissed off to your core at Matt Patricia. You are pissed off at your core at Bill Belichick and at Joe Judge and the clown show that surrounds you. And again, it's Belichick's fault. It's not Matt Patricia's fault that he can't coach offense and scheme up plays and get any sort of rhythm with it. It's not Joe Judge's fault that he doesn't know what to say to Mac Jones when he comes off of the field or he doesn't have the right words. These guys aren't suited for that. Blame Bill. Hashtag blame Bill. There, there's a hashtag. Follow me at at WEIHacksaw on Twitter. Blame Bill. Blame Bill. And again, I posed this question to the audience and have asked every caller that we've had. Name me some good decisions in the last four years. They're tough to come by. I'm telling you, they're tough to come by. I've got a list here of like some of the moves <laughs> that he's made and it's pretty funny like some of the stuff my favorite one is march 28th 2019 announced the resignation of defensive coordinator greg Schiano. <laughs> Schiano, they signed him like two days earlier and then he just he, he greg we hardly knew you Schiano. i mean you know uh, a couple days before that march 15th 2019 signed tell me if you know any of these guys signed defensive back terrence brooks wide receiver bruce ellington wide receiver maurice harris tight end matt lacoste remember him Defensive lineman Mike Pennell and defensive end John Simon. Okay, Simon played a little bit. And released defensive end Adrian Claiborne, who actually could play. And in that one, in that series of signings, what's interesting, you know, the, the Patriots have had receiver problems big time for a long time. So that's 2019. That's before the draft. Bruce Ellington and Maurice Harris. I mean, could you get two guys more back of the rack? You know, Bruce Ellington had some chops in college. He got hurt. Uh, he was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer there for a little while, and he really was like a fourth, fifth receiver that would flash every once in a while. But again, it's that cycle. This is how we do it. We shop at Bob's Basement Back of the Rack football store, and we get value, 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 value. And what you usually get when it works, when you've got a shield at the top like Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Steph Gilmore, Throw Julian Edelman in there, even though he's a seventh-round pick. He, he, he gave you some shade, too, with his talent. You can get away with that, but you don't have the top-end talent anymore. And, and the biggest chip that you have in your whole team is Mac Jones, and you surrounded him with nothing in terms of coaching support. So you're watching that progress retard. You're watching that regression in real time. And he's trying, man. I, I was very impressed with him against Minnesota and he wanted to show you something last night, but they just couldn't scheme it up. They couldn't scheme it up against That's Buffalo. That's probably the best game of his career, the Minnesota game. Yeah, it's one of them. One you know, of them. Cleveland last year was pretty good, and, and that game against Jacksonville, they were kind of a dog opponent, but he slung it around pretty good there. Yeah. But we talked about it. I talked about it with Dondero at Thanksgiving. I said, look at crisis of confidence is what your quarterback has right, right now. He doesn't trust the plays coming in. He doesn't trust the success, the, the, the – um, 
the the way that they're coming in and when they're coming in, and he doesn't certainly trust who they're coming in from with Patricia. So what do you do? That that first couple series against the Bears was very telling. He was there, um, and I talked about this for weeks, where when, when Bailey Zappi was in there, they had max protection for Bailey Zappi 48.3% of the time. So let's call it 50%. Half the time, they were max protection. They were in max protection for Mac Jones a little over 18% of the time, comparably. So he comes back, high ankle sprain, which is a, an interesting injury. And I've talked about this, which is, you know, because it's an ankle sprain, I think there's a tendency for people to poo-poo it a little bit. The emphasis shouldn't be on the word ankle or sprain. The, the emphasis should be on the word high because it actually takes place in the ligaments above the ankle when they, when they sever and they split and they tear. It's really, a, it's really a, a ligament tear, and that's a serious issue. So <clears throat> he's got probably a little bit of a lack of confidence planting on that foot. He's watching a young quarterback uh, function in the offense better than he did. He's watching a young quarterback uh, get play action over 33% of the time while he was only getting it 10% of the time, and he's watching him in max protection close to 50% of the time when he's getting it less than 20% of the time. Um, he's operating an offense that isn't calling – uh, appropriate schemes and plays for his skill set. You're never at that time seeing him out of shotgun. You're never seeing him do RPOs. You're rarely seeing him do play action. And what did you see in those first couple possessions of that Bears game? You saw him looking around, kind of quickly surveying, and then taking off, right? No trust. No trust in the plays. No trust that the receivers were going to get where they were going to go because the communication was so off, and it was a train wreck. An absolute train wreck, a new low we saw on that Monday night at Gillette against the Bears. So that was day one when the crisis of confidence ensued. From there, it's been a slow build back up. And I got I got to give Mac a lot of credit. And again, I'm like 70, 70 to 75% sold that he could be your quarterback for 10 years. But there's a lot of fixing to do, and I'll give him a lot of credit. He, he took it on himself. Belichick gets a little credit for this, too, in that he's been around football a long time, which is, you know, just don't turn it over. Protect the ball. Give us a chance. And then build your confidence up from there. And he did. Slow. Baby steps, right? Baby steps against Indianapolis. Don't turn it over. Pretty pathetic offensive performance on both sides of the ball uh, for both teams. To the Jets, 3-3 juggernaut until Marcus Jones breaks one, although he moved the ball pretty well between the 20s. And then I was in here on Thanksgiving with Mark Dondero. I said, now let him sling it. I want to see him like a shortstop, like firing it across the, uh, across the diamond. That's how a quarterback gets his mojo. Let him sling it. And he did. And how does the coaching staff repay him? But that dog crap game plan they had yesterday, you know, couldn't execute anything. Three and out, three and out, three and out. And you could see Mac was frustrated. He vocalized it. And it went viral. And that wasn't about motivating his team or him being competitive. All those are factors. That's not what triggered it. What triggered it was frustration. I'm sick of being set up to fail. That's what that said to me with a lot of cuss words in between. I am sick of being set up to fail. And shame on Belichick. You're the one who invested first-round draft capital in him. You had to have belief. That was when that was that collaborative atmosphere. Remember the collaborative, the big collaborative atmosphere? You know, we all agree on this pick. We all like this pick. So people could say that we're collaborating. He knew who he wanted. Saban's his boy at, at Alabama, you know, and he checks all the boxes for Belichick. He's a student of the game, sees the field well, you know, quick release, can operate your offense, 
Won't give you any guff. They went down to the pro day, too. They went to the pro day. And I think Belichick took that a little too seriously. Took it a little too uh, literally in that, oh, he won't take any guff? Oh, I can put Matt Patricia in as my offensive play caller, and he won't give him any guff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Got that one wrong. But, you know, everyone has a breaking point. And the Patriots have a lot of games to play. They're difficult games. Now, I've been throwing shade at Belichick all night and for many, 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 many weeks in this chair, 10 to midnight on Friday nights, but it's deservingly so. I don't want to do it. I have a lot of reverence for Bill Belichick. I appreciate him. I'm a 45-plus-year Patriots fan. I appreciate what's happened here. But the last four years, guys, it ain't so good. 617-779-7937, taking your calls. And you tell me. You tell me. Name a good decision he's made in the last four years. There aren't a lot of them. I kind of joked around with some of the transactions, you know, I mean, but like you can look at the list, uh, you know, they're not great, but you know, released Antonio Brown. I guess that was a good decision after, after signing him. But again, the whole fact that they signed Antonio Brown, I'm going back in the dead horse Rolodex here back in 2019, but why did you sign him? You signed him because you didn't have the appropriate parts that you needed. You know, you had an injured Julian Edelman. You had David Andrews with a problem. He had the uh, fluid in his lungs. You had uh, an injury, I think, to Isaiah Wynn, who they had just drafted. You had a good 40% of your offensive line down, and you had James Devlin at the time, your fullback down. They got Antonio Brown for one reason. He could get out of the breaks. He could get out of the breaks, and you could move the ball quickly. That's why they got him. Then they realized what a crackpot he was, and they got rid of him. So I guess you can chalk that up in the good and the bad uh, buckets. But there haven't been a lot of names, a lot of positivities in the good buckets in terms of decisions that Bill has made. And what's got me kind of ramped up on a Friday night about this after watching that last night is it just seems like it's business as usual. And these are very unusual times in the NFL. Everything is morphing and changing around in the NFL. Innovative offenses, creative offenses, you know, uh, quarterbacks that can make plays with their feet. I mean, that has been happening for a long time, but it's on steroids now. Now, Matt can move a little bit. But that's not his strong suit. And it feels like the NFL is galloping in one direction and Bill Belichick is holding on in another way. And then when you couple that with whom he surrounds himself with, family, the next generation of longtime peers in his football career, like Matt Groh, the son of Al Groh, Mick Lombardi when he's here, son of Mike Lombardi, his own two sons, You know, it just feels to me, and it looks to me, when you look at the results on the field, the build right now in the last four years is all about Bill. What's going to make Bill Belichick comfortable? Not what's best for the team. So I'll put it to you. We've got calls lining up, and we'll we'll catch them maybe before the break or definitely after the break, so stay with us. But... You know, name a good decision in the last four years, you know? There aren't a lot of them. There aren't a lot of them. And we didn't even get to, like, the current draft. Now, the current draft, 2022, is probably easily, in terms of what we've seen to date, the best one. But even that one has flaws. That one has flaws, you know? Look at the 2022 draft. Look at Cole Strange in the first round. Now, the the thing about the Cole Strange pick was this. Okay. Here's a guy that has third-round grades. Belichick, for 20 years plus, has taken guys that he's got his own board. We've heard all the euphemisms. They've got their own board. Now, when you take a guard in the first round, that's about as safe as you can get. 
And again, it goes back to that being comfortable thing. When is Bill Belichick, is he capable of stretching himself? Is he capable of stretching himself? I don't think he is. And the thing is, okay, it's a safe pick. A guard's probably going to work out. But, you know, lately, Cole Strange, first of all, I would probably put it in the bad bucket because, A, he had third-round grades. B, he wasn't even the top at his position. C, you took him in the first round when you didn't have to. And D, how about how he's playing this year? Now, he's a rookie. I think he can probably get it. But I am concerned with his size. He doesn't look like a guy that can go a full season in the trenches against big, strong, <clears throat> line-pushing you know, defensive interior linemen. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm thinking Cole Strange in the bad bucket. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you weren't hearing his name a whole lot, which is typically good for an offensive yes. line. I know it's not a, I know it's not a sexy no, pick in the first right. round, but now it's become a problem. Yeah. Do we have time to take, take a call or should we get to the break? Uh, no, we got time. All right. Let's, take, uh, let's start with Jesse and Granby. He wants to talk about the coaching staff, one of my favorite topics. Happy Friday night, Jesse. Thanks for the call. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Um, yeah, you know, I just kind of have a problem with the way uh, Belichick builds these coaching staffs. You know, I feel like he hires his inside guys, his buddies. Um, you know, you look at Patricia and Joe Judge, a couple of guys who, you know, worked in their little niches while they were here. But uh, when they went and branched out, they completely failed. I don't know if it's like an arrogance thing or a stubbornness thing with Belichick where um, – he doesn't want, like, another established voice in the locker room or what it is, but I just feel like this team would benefit um, immensely from having, like, an established, for instance, offensive coordinator, someone like maybe Frank Reich, who's yeah. been there and done that as a head coach, um, and someone who just knows the league and knows how to put an offense together. I just don't really know what he's doing. I, I don't know if it's – I would hope that it's not an arrogance or a stubbornness thing, but it just sometimes it feels that way where he's like, I want to get it done my way, and I'm, I, I don't fully yeah. care um, yeah. about the other things. But, yeah, go ahead. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, thanks for the call, Jesse. I appreciate it. So good thoughts by Jesse. But, Jesse, I would ask you a question with that, and you can ponder it uh, right now, which is you said the words arrogant, stubbornness. What do you think it is? I, I think you think it's exactly that. You know, you wouldn't surface it if you didn't think that. And, by the way, I agree with you. It is arrogant. It is arrogant to think that you can make this offense function uh, at 70 years old with your hands all over everything, like the defense, and bring put a guy like Matt Patricia in there and say, I can, I can handle it. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right, Jesse. Good point. We've been talking about it. I've been talking about it for weeks. This hasn't been built for success. It hasn't been built to coach up the right players, the mix of players that he has. Mac Jones being the top, you know, one on that. It hasn't been coached up. And how much of Bill Belichick's energy at 70 years old can be put on coaching the coaches and having the coaches do while they're doing different roles? I mean, it felt like training camp last night. That felt like a preseason game. It was Thursday night against a division opponent. You have one game of separation going in. And by the way, Buffalo, although I think they're the best team in the division, was 0-2 in the division. You had a chance. Now, I thought they had no chance, but you had a chance, and you laid an egg. And I think everything we've been talking about for months, on a, 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 months, months, came to fruition last night, and that's why it stung so much. All right, we're getting ready for the final segment on Late Night Friday Night with Jim Hackett. We're going to take a quick break. Come on back. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back to Friday night with the Hacksaw. It's Jim Hackett on WEEI. Uh, all right. Not, not really too much to say here. Um, just obviously just couldn't do enough tonight. Um, again, give Buffalo credit. Good, good football team. Um, but we just, we just couldn't do enough. Um, so Moments are born from great opportunity. Had some opportunities, but just um, nothing in particular, just in general, not just not quite good enough in any area. Red area, offensively, to make a place in the kicking game. So, um, yeah, it's, about, it's about the end of it. This is your time. <laughs> ah, who motivates you more there? Who motivates you more? The great Herb Brooks, the late great Herb Brooks, Kurt Russell's portrayal of him in the great movie Miracle about the 1980 U.S. Olympic gold winning hockey team, gold medal winning hockey team, or Bill Belichick? Who motivates you more? You know, I've been talking about Belichick in terms of, you know, it being business as usual for him. Like, there's like, <laughs> like, like it's still like 2014 and they're 14 and 2. Like, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's you're, it's not 2014, and you're not 14 and two. It's not 2016, and you haven't just won the greatest Super Bowl comeback in the history of the world. It's not uh, February 3rd, 2019, where you're hoisting your sixth Super Bowl championship after um, slowing down the Rams and beating them 13 to three. It's none of those things. It's a mess. It's a train wreck. And so I've been talking about the fact for you know, weeks, months. I wrote about it a couple of years ago on WEI.com that I just feel like I'm not kicking them out. And you guys, if you can kick them out, and I'll take that call all day. And I wouldn't hate it, to be frankly, if they did. 617-779-7937 before we wrap up at midnight. You can weigh in. I'm not kicking Bill out, but this organization desperately, desperately needs to inject a new set of eyes into that football operation. Bill Belichick needs a consigliere. He doesn't need Matt Patricia as his consigliere, although if he wants to put him up there as a special assistant, fine. He certainly doesn't need him as his offensive play caller, okay? Joe Judge, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about anyone from the Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick tree. Can we grab Can we grab a receiver scout from the Pittsburgh Steelers? They seem to draft pretty good ones. Can we get someone from the old Bill Walsh tree, you know, or the Shanahan tree? 
Can we get some? How about Andy Reid? Someone from Andy Reid Street. You know, you want an offensive coordinator? Go overpay Eric Bieniemy. Why not go overpay Eric Bieniemy? The NFL has the Rooney Rule. They're at least trying to show that they care about diversity. They probably don't. They should, but they it, it kind of feels like a shell game. But Eric Bieniemy's ready. Look at that Kansas City offense the last several years. That's his baby. Wouldn't you like him here? What stinks is he'd probably want to be a head coach, though, right? I mean, that's probably the next step for him that he would want. I don't yeah. know. I mean, if you throw yeah. him a bag of money, I think he would take it. Yeah, it's a great point. I think he would take it. Yep. But that goes back to my original point, which is bag of money. You know, it's there are ways to stop the brain drain in your personnel department. There are ways to stop the brain drain of your coaching department. First of all, give them the titles that they've earned and pay them. There's no salary cap. I mean, if you wanted to get the 10 greatest coaches on your offensive staff, you could do it. Just pay them a bag of money. And if the quote I wrote at the top of my article on WEI.com, which is the Patriots have a problem and it's spelled B-I-L-L, I quoted Robert Kraft from March 29th. You know, we haven't won a playoff game in three years, and I think about that a lot. The second quote was Bill Belichick. It's on me, which he said here on WEI. And that quote that you just heard is the third part of the puzzle, which is this. His blind spots in drafting, his value shopping for players, and frankly, apparently coaches, those are all real-life issues that the Patriots are facing. They're part of their problems. But what about that clip at the top there before we came, when we came back that Andrew played, that you know compilation he put together? You heard... Herb Brooks's voice in, in through coming through Kurt Russell in the right. How I mean, get your heart checked if that speech in Miracle doesn't get your heart pumping. I mean, honestly, so motivating. And then you hear Belichick. So I'm wondering with this, when you have a clown show like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running your offense, and you've got clearly, clearly a lack of belief in those guys as leaders, as managers of the offense as play callers, as scheme developers, as people who can identify your individual talents of Mac Jones. How about Kendrick Bourne? Think he's frustrated? <laughs> his, his pet's heads fell off last night, too. And I don't blame him. He's the most skilled guy they have on, on offense, and they don't use him. So I'm wondering, I'm starting to question Bill Belichick as a motivator. You know, he always used his mind and his resume. He always used his mind and his resume to motivate people. How's that resume the last four years? How do you think that buy-in on the field is? Can I trust Bill Belichick if I'm Mac Jones or I'm Kendrick Bourne or I'm Hunter Henry to say, geez, is this guy going to put me in the best position to be successful for my career, my next contract, if he's entrusting his offense and my production under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? It's questionable. When do you start tuning Bill Belichick out? I think it's happening now. I think it's happening now, and I think last night against the Bills was Exhibit A. Exhibit A was last night against the Bills. Stay tuned for more. I'll be back next Friday night with more Late Night Friday Night with Jim Hackett. We'll have uh, the producer's show tomorrow morning and Ken and Curtis taking you at 9 o'clock. Good night, everybody. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.